This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. Uh, and welcome to episode, oh, geez, what is it? 233. I am not your host, Matt. But today's game will be pitting two benchwarmer teams against each other, so let's talk to those benchers, bench warmers. Eric Walling is over there. Hi, Eric. Uh, are you still aglow from the Rangers' victory? Even though this, this episode will come out like in January, so it'd be like basically like everyone forgot about it. Well, yeah, pretty much everyone outside of like the Dallas-Fort Worth area will. They forgot about it while it was still going on. Most <laughs> of national media did. PTI was like leading with a Clippers. Suns game early in the season in like game three of the World Series. So I'm good. I've actually started a new hobby and that is um, collecting autographed baseball cards of everyone from the roster for the Texas Rangers World Series. So come to find out, not a whole lot of demand for Martin Perez autographed cards or what Travis Jankowski autographed cards. So picking up a lot of one, two dollars. Uh, got some pretty sweet uh, Mitch Garver twin stuff. Oh, yeah, Mitch Garver. I'm about uh, halfway through right now, and I think I'm still pretty low on the spend. Uh, I think um, Evan Carter, Josh Young, Corey Seager are going to get a little more expensive, and then Scherzer and DeGrom. Are... DeGrom wasn't really on the team, but you know, I feel like I should probably have him. I'll put him on the back because he didn't actually show up of whatever frame <laughs> I put it in. <laughs> there you go. All right, and you'll be teaming up with Scott tonight. Hi, Scott. How are you? And why don't you give us your team name? I'm good. I have autographs for every bench warmer except for Taco. So he's the last one and then I can complete my collection and then I'm going to steal all your identities. Um, yeah, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited to, to play. We have a great host. Um, I won't spoil it, but I'm a fan, even though I'm a little scared of, of his game, but we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, but Walling and I are teaming up and that happens almost never. I think, um, I think we've teamed up more times than the Rangers have won the world series, but it's close. It's, <laughs> It's it's close, very close. It may be <laughs> yeah. even. Uh, but yeah, so in lieu of that, we're gonna use an oldie but a goodie. We're gonna be new teammate Hootis. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, and then I will be teaming up with our good friend. And can we talk about uh, your recent escapades on television now officially? Right, you know, both we, in person and over the years. Uh, Matt Takamoto, why don't you? How was uh, your experience with Jeopardy this uh, second go around? It was great. It was the champions wild card and it was a bunch of former champions from the last couple of years back together. There was a tournament of champions, official tournament of champions birth on the line. I was tied going into final jeopardy and then missed final jeopardy because it was a question about books for grownups. And I teach the fifth grade and I don't read books for grownups. And my <laughs> opponent was a librarian. Oh, geez. So the cards were stacked against me heavily, but I had a heck of a week in uh, Southern California. They put all of us up in a hotel. So it was a lot of go tape jeopardy and then get drinks at the rooftop bar afterwards. And it was, it was an awesome vacation and I got to play another game of jeopardy. So it was dope. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm good. What was I, I was going to say something earlier. Oh, uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully everything will be all done, but, uh, Tuesday and on Thursday I'm having surgery and I'm super anxious about it. So 
I'm going to be out of commission for like a month or maybe two, depending on how I recover. So hopefully things will go good. But so, yeah, so we're worried about that. But we weren't talking about that now. We're going to talk about how two guys named Matt are teaming up together. So and it is Tuesday and normally we have to eat tacos on Tuesday. And since Matt's nickname is uh, Taco, we're going to call him. Our team name is going to be You Tuesday. So you being him, not me. Do well, I have to say our team name is Me Tuesday? I yes, don't understand how you this do. works. Okay. How great. often how often are you going to say our team name though? That's a great point. Because the person who will be saying our team name, thank you for that transition there, Taco, is our guest, Mr. Josh Schneider. Josh, I are you uh, I I apologize. I'm poor at podcasting tonight. Are you a patron? I am a patron. I honestly don't remember what my level is, whatever the at the level is, of like kick ass awesome person. We have tonight's guest host, Josh Schneider. Hi, Josh. Hey, Matt. Happy to be with you guys tonight. Why don't you remind folks, because when we popped on, I was sitting there going, have we met before? And you said, yeah, like five times. I'm like, oh, I'm a jerk. So uh, sorry. Why don't you remind folks about who you are, where you're from, and other business, and me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Just got to be on one one fast break episode and one regular episode with you guys. So excited to uh, jump into a host role for my first time tonight. I'm from... Philadelphia originally, but I've lived in Baltimore for 15 years, which means I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, number one, <laughs> more than anything else. Uh, also, um, Baltimore Orioles, uh, Philadelphia 76ers, and yeah, why not? The Seattle Kraken, if I'm going to root for a hockey team. Um, every now and then, if I need an NL team, I'll root for the Phillies. So I would think that being a Kraken fan would, tuck be- would suck because then you'd have to stay up so late to watch their games that they're, you know... Yeah, but 10 o'clock, their games start at like 10 o'clock your time. And that's why maybe I'm not the most dedicated of all Kraken fans. <laughs> so His fandom falls apart there. Awesome. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, we have our host. We have our teams. We have our team names. And we have Walling Drinking Bourbon. Let's uh, throw it over to Dan for the rules. The game will consist of four quarters of play, each with different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Mr. Emeritus. Now we'll throw it over to our guest host, Josh. So Josh, take it away, sir. All right. So this game, I would say, is ridiculous by design in that I've purposely messed with the quarter styles a little bit, though totally within the rules for maximum entertainment value. You'll see what I mean in a second. Hopefully a good time will be had by all. Do call your doctor if the game lasts longer than five hours. Um, If you do have complaints (laughs) about your experience, please blame David Lux, who reviewed all these questions. Thank you, David. So without further ado, uh, that brings us to the first quarter, which will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be four before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. 
fair, even if he had nothing to do with it, we would have blamed David. Yeah, blame David Lux at all times. <laughs> Understood. Uh, I have a feeling David helped me with, so I'll just say that there's there's more clues than there are not, uh, though the questions themselves may be a little challenging. We'll see. So pre and post game, first quarter. This is a pre and post game unique name, maximum overlap edition. Everyone here has a unique name, which features an overlap of at least two syllables. Question number one. In 2022, this defensive rookie of the year became the first D-Roy to play on the same team as the offensive rookie of the year since 1967. And a quarterback who has been pressed into a starting role for meaningful games in all three of his stops, who is also the living embodiment of Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. We're, we're checked in. New teammate who dis has checked in. You Tuesday, talk it out. Okay, so I think the second half is Gardner Minshew. Okay. Because he's he has big Uncle Rico energy, and he has <laughs> been to multiple stops, and he has ended up starting wherever he goes. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, so we don't know what sport, though. No, that ends in Gardner. So like a like a bomb Gardner or a Rowan Gardner. That's... Uh, but no, didn't Josh said it has to be at least two syllables. It doesn't have to be the whole name. But Gardner is two syllables, so oh, Gar- that would oh, be yeah. that would be oh, the two. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm not Eric Eid. I apologize. Two minutes for miscounting syllables. <laughs> so a defensive rookie of the year and offensive that makes me think of the NFL. Then right, right, um, unless or the NHL. But they wouldn't call it that. They wouldn't call it. They would. They would call it the, by their trophy names. Right. Then it's probably the NFL. So 2022 wasn't the defensive rookie of the year. Was uh wasn't it the the linebacker for the Cowboys, Micah Parsons? I thought it was Parsons. Um. Um. I thought so. I have no. I. I don't have anything. Oh. Um. Uh. Sauce Gardner. Sauce oh, Gardner Minshew. Yes. Nice way to go, buddy. Oh my God. Yeah. We're checking in with Sauce Gardner Minshew. All right. New teammate, who dis? What did you check in with? Man, what a buzzer beater there by Taco, man. He's putting on the Ritz already. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great reference, Scott. Very good. I had this, I had this one before Josh finished the, the question. Yeah, this is Sauce Gardner Minshew. Both teams are getting points. Sauce Gardner Minshew, the second officially, is the answer. Uh, and the, if you were wondering, 67, that was the Lions with Mel Farr and Lem Barney, which was probably also the last time that the offensive and defensive rookies of the year were palindromes in terms of their first names. And Gardner Minshew mm. lives in a van down by the river where he likely likes to get sauced. All right. <laughs> question number two. Bears practice squad wideout and lead into a Shakespeare comedy who rode one big Monday night game upset of the Vikings to a contract with the Vikings, but whose career fizzled shortly thereafter and quarterback who set his PAC 12 schools, single game passing yardage record in his first start for said school in 2023. We will check in. All right. You Tuesday has checked in new teammate. Who dis talk it out. Got the, I think we have the back half. Yeah, I think you're right with, with Shitter Sanders. There's that famous 
Bears wide receiver Jim Shader wasn't there. No, no idea who that Tony, is. Tony Shader. Tony, uh, yeah, that sounds. He was, he was the star. Of, he was the star of Monk. Yeah. Yes. Tony <laughs> Shalhoub. <laughs> yeah, and he sounds more like a tight end than a wide receiver. Slim Shader. Oh, I think I got it. I got it. Yep. Because Dan loves saying this. It's Devin Aroma Shadu. Oh. He played for both of those teams. Devin Aroma Shadur Sanders. And it makes sense that he was on the practice squad. Yeah, we got it. All right, we're going to check in. Devin Aroma Shadur Sanders. All right. You Tuesday, what do you have? Yeah, we hit the same thing. All right. Took a while, but you both got there. Both teams are getting points. The answer is Devin Aroma Shadur Sanders. Explain the uh, Shakespeare part. I'm curious. Well, you know, ultimately, Devin Aroma Shadu's career was much ado about nothing. Aroma uh, Shadu about nothing. Was, yeah, we, okay. I, I typed. I typed to Matt much Shadur about nothing. But so. He missed. A, he missed a huge commercial deal with Yankee Candle, where he could have done that Aroma Shadu. You know, when you watch that Aroma, <laughs> what that what that Aroma Shadu. You know what? He did all right for himself. He got a contract from the Vikings that no one remembered clearly. So yeah, I remembered the taming of the aroma should do. <laughs> oh, that's also very good. That's what the defensive backs did, though, right? Like that's what. Yes, they did. It was very easy to tame. Tamed him quite well. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, that uh, that was a good one. Nice job, everybody. Um, question number three: Two-time NBA All-Star small forward for the Pistons who was an inaugural Charlotte Hornet in 1988, leading them in scoring that season. And he was also, by the way, a son of the inaugural QB for the Denver Broncos. That's just part number one. And record-setting current NFL rookie, who has the record for most catches in a game by a rookie with 15, as well as records for most catches by a rookie through his first two and four games. We will check in. All right. New teammate who just has checked in. You Tuesday, talk it out. Um, mm. yeah. So the I think you're right with uh, Jordan Addison as the second half. Yeah. Um, so, uh, mm. two-time NBA All Star, small forward, the Pistons. Also the son of the inaugural quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Wow. Interesting. I think I'm. I think I think I'm focusing too much on that part just because it's interesting. Because I have nothing, nothing about any of that, but I'm fascinated by it. So now I can't stop thinking about it. Huh. Yeah, I'm like I'm just running through first names that could pair with Jordan. Do you think the last name could be more than just Jordan? Um. Well, Josh did say at least two syllables, so it's got to be. Um, it would have to be. Jordan or Jordanad, but that doesn't sound like a name. So <laughs> that's 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 the opposite of the Mason. That's not a name. Yeah. Oh man, who did play for the Hornets that season? Why am I completely blanking on that? Just just pick a first name, Matt. Uh, well, it's got to be an NBA first name, so we'll go with Lexi, a lucky Mosey. Muggsy, okay, Muggs, Muggsy Jordan Addison. <laughs> yeah, Muggsy, yeah. There you go. I said Mosey, sorry. Muggsy, yep. Minute Jordan Addison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that. Uh, new teammate, who this? What did you guys have? Yeah, no, th- this is not, This is one of the, 
the better ones, I think, in a while. Actually, this is really good. Um, the problem you guys had is you picked the wrong wide receiver. Oh. Um, it's not Jordan Addison. Um, his first few weeks were pretty nondescript, actually. This is someone who really burst on in the scene, kind of a, like a Devin Aroma should do, actually. It was, wasn't really expected to do much. Um, and once we had that name, there was only one name from the NBA that worked. Uh, this is Kelly Tripuka Nakua. Oh. Kelly Tripuka Nakua is correct. Very nice. And fun to say. Really fun to say, actually. And you kind of got to mess with the U because it's really Kelly Tripuka, 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 but, you know, Puka Nakua. But it, it works, hopefully. All right. All right. So uh, new teammate who is getting points on that one. Final question of the round. Number four. Penn State wideout of Lithuanian descent who played in three Super Bowls, each with a different team, going one and two for the Giants, Bucks, and Seahawks and 90s era WCW rhyming tag team affiliated with the New World Order, composed of Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell. Yeah, we're checked in. All right, new teammate Hudis has checked in. You Tuesday, talk it out. Okay, so those teams that I could I like think that. of, the only yeah, the only player I could think of that was on those three teams that had a weird, like Eastern European name was Joe Jervicious. Yep, I don't know anything about the second part. That is one hundred percent you, Vicious. No, it, it's got to be Vicious. Oh God, I watched WCW too. I was also a prepubescent child so i don't remember anything from that time period also it was scott norton so you probably weren't paying a lot of attention also true nwo had 55 members and scott norton was the (laughs) 54th best (laughs) now i'm just thinking of words that rhyme with vicious and none of them make good tag team names this might make for good audio or bad audio i'm just going to start naming words that rhyme with vicious and that you tell me when something vibes with you. So we've got uh vicious vicious fishes, which oh, is very oh, yeah. funny. Sure, sure. Um vicious and uh seditious. Delicious. Delicious. Oh, I like delicious. I like delicious vicious and delicious. Actually, that that feels very <laughs> buff bagwell. Uh Vicious and litigious. litigious that's too, that's yes, too big a word. Buff Bagwell can't no, spell litigious. Right? <laughs> litigious. No, no one in WCW could spell. <laughs> buff Bagwell can't spell vicious, to be clear. Buff Bagwell can't spell Buff Bagwell. <laughs> um, I like vicious and delicious. I think, I think we go with, I think we go with Joe Jura vicious and delicious. Okay. All right. You Tuesday checking in with Joe Jura vicious and delicious. New teammate who dis. What'd you guys have? Passing the rock to Scott and then. He's just standing in the corner, spotting up here. So take it away. I, I was like, I don't, I don't even know. I can't. I don't even if I can type Jervicious to Walling to even give him the answer. But I, I think I did all right. I haven't thought about Joe Jervicious probably since before he played for the Seahawks. Yeah, I know. I mean, you guys could have went with vicious and suspicious, right? Vicious and nutritious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once he said, once once he said litigious, I knew I, there was nothing better I was going to get. So I just decided to shut up. Yep, but you you guys think you chose the right one. Uh, the correct answer is Joe Jervicious and Delicious. Are you serious? It was not a late nineties uh, health food vicious and nutritious. It was Joe Jervicious and Delicious. Both teams getting points, and a uh, very good pull. Very good pull. That brings us to the end of the first quarter. You Tuesday with a score of seventy five. New teammate who dis one hundred perfect so far. 
we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. That brings us to the second quarter, which will be the long-awaited, never-before-heard, once-mentioned in an offhand comment by Bombak when he thought no one was paying attention, but I was. It's The Missing Limerink. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Yes. Oh, my God. Somehow Josh is going to be simultaneously excited and mad. Yep. Yeah. I'd like to have a camera in his house when he hears this. All right. So this is a missing link round, but all the clues will be in limerick form. Oh jeez. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy. If it catches on, blame Lux. Okay. I love everything about this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like I said, entertaining, and if it lasts more than five hours, also blame Lux. Question number one. For the Aggies, he once earned a buckus. A D-Roy, the top five pick, won this. For three teams, he's sacked. Two rings has he stacked. First ballot, I dare you rebut this. Yeah, we checked in. New teammate Hootis has checked in. You Tuesday, talk it out. Did Von Miller go to AM? I have no idea. But I mean, he won a ring with the Rams and he won a ring with the Broncos. With, uh, with the Broncos. Yeah. Right. He won one with the Rams, didn't he? Like three, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. And they beat yeah. Uh, Cincinnati? I think so. And then he had traded that off season to Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think sense. I think he's A and M and he went second overall, right? I think. I, I don't know these things. These I don't know. I don't I'm <laughs> a terrible I'm a terrible draft guy and 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 I think I'm right. I'm a I'm a terrible college football person, so as long as you're both terrible, it's great for everybody. So. I mean mm-hmm. we're definitely we're definitely both terrible. Yeah. That's <laughs> why we work together. Yeah. Go for uh, it. Okay, we will check in with Von Miller. All right, you Tuesdays checked in with Von Miller, new teammate. Who dis? What do you guys have? Uh, well, we thought at first it might be a dat win clue. We were very excited, um, but unfortunately, the rings really, really hurt. So we also checked in with Von Miller. Both teams getting points. Von Miller is the correct answer. Von Miller is the active sacks leader in the NFL with one hundred twenty-three point five. He has said, these glasses are not a fashion statement. I've been blind without them since I was a kid. Now it's cool to wear them. In 99, it wasn't cool. He used to wear rec specs like Horace Grant over his helmet to keep his glasses in place. Uh, and by the way, his real name is really Vani Bavashan Miller. So. Bavashan? B apostrophe V 
S-E-A-N. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but Von oh, Miller. vicious, vicious. <laughs> yeah, vicious. Yeah, <laughs> Is, he did the commercial. Did you see? He's in that commercial where they're wearing the him and the other guy wearing gold leather. Uh, it's off the Von Diggs, isn't it? Yeah, I think. All I know yeah. is that I saw that commercial and I laughed. I thought it was pretty funny. All right. So the first answer for the missing link, missing limerink, is Von Miller. Seeing that it's only the first question, I'll move on to number two. Three times did this hurler lead strikeouts. Three rings for L.A. He was lights out. Six shutouts in a row. One sixty-two Cy Young to show. For his teammate, had two more by my count. Josh, we're going to check in first. You Tuesday, checking in first to Zoo Station. Uh, New teammate, who it is? Talk it out. Don't know that we have to. Yeah, I was going to say the teammate with two more would be Koufax. And the only other pitcher I think of during that time who had a Cy Young and struck out a lot of guys was Don Drysdale. All right, checking in with Don Drysdale. You Tuesday, what you guys have? Yeah, we have the same thing. Both teams getting points for the correct answer. Don Drysdale is correct. Calling this one. Yeah. Don Drysdale's second wife, Ann Myers, was a very good basketball player. She actually signed a contract with the Pacers for $50,000, though she never played. First woman to do so. Yep. And when she was elected to the Hall of Fame, they were the first married couple, both elected to their respective Halls of Fame. Oh, though, wow. sadly, Don died two two months later. And uh, this story I just got to tell. When Koufax wouldn't pitch in game one of the 65 series as it fell on Yom Kippur, Drysdale did instead, and he got shelled, giving up seven runs in two and two-thirds. And when the, the manager, Walter Austin, came to the mound to replace him, Drysdale said, Hey, Skip, bet you wish I was Jewish today, too. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of my favorite stories, yeah. I love that. All right. So your missing limerink answers so far are Von Miller and Don Drysdale. Question number three. Four years in a row in the East. These NBA playoff teams beefed. I-94 duels led one coach to write rules. Last three winners got championship feast. We'll check in. All right. You Tuesday has checked in. New teammate. Who this? Talk it out. Yeah, I think we were pretty close here. It's got to be the Jordan rules. So Pistons and Bulls. I think that's what we're getting ready to check in with. So we'll check in with Pistons and Bulls. You teammate who just has checked in with the Pistons and the Bulls. You Tuesday, what do you guys have? Yeah, I uh, threw Matt astray for like a good five minutes or two minutes or so. Because for some reason, I thought I needed a 94 went all the way over to the East Coast. And I remembered, I think it ends like by Cleveland or something like that. So then, yeah, so I figured it has to be Chicago and Detroit. So Pistons and Bulls. All right, both teams getting points. That's absolutely correct. The uh, Pistons won the championship at 89 and 90, and the Bulls at 91. Uh, and the Jordan rules in a nationally televised game in Detroit on Easter Sunday. Jordan scored 59 points in a 112 110 Bulls victory, and he had scored 61 and 87. This angered Chuck Daly, who vowed to never allow Jordan to light them up again. He broke these Jordan rules, which led to the Pistons winning three times in a row until the Bulls hired Phil Jackson and finally broke through in 91. Just so we're on the same page, the official answer is the Pistons and Bulls. Yes, the official answer is the Pistons and the Bulls. And your theme answers up to this point are Von Miller, Don Drysdale, and the Pistons and the Bulls. Question number four in the missing limerink. Since the turn of the 20th, folks, 
Twice, a major's been won by 10 strokes. Both by the same great? Surprised? Nah, it was fate. At age three, TV golfed with Bob Hope. Chicken. You Tuesday checking in? New teammate, who this? Talk it out. Got a better golf swing at age three than I have ever had in my entire life. And it's just sad to think of that TV appearance. And my one of my favorite videos of the last year has been him and Scotty Scheffler where he doesn't take a divot. And Scotty Scheffler is just like absolutely amazed. <laughs> it's just appalled. So Tiger Woods, you good with Tiger Woods? I'm good with Tiger Woods. All right, let's check it in. Tiger Woods. All right, checking in with Tiger Woods. You Tuesday, what do you guys have? Yeah, we had the same thing. And the best part of that Scotty Scheffler video is Tiger is very just nonplussed about, yeah, I don't take a divot. I don't understand what the, well, I don't understand what the fuss <laughs> is. It's very confusing. But yeah, we also checked in with uh, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Eldrick Tiger Woods is correct. Both teams getting their points. In the 97 Masters, his first Masters, Tiger uh, ended up 12 strokes ahead of, I, I think I have Top Kite here. No, Tom Kite, unless that's a new one of those like, top golf. There's a place where you can do I, You can pay to have a bay to fly your kite from <laughs> by the hour. And you got to hit these little targets floating up in the air. Top kite. Million dollar. Well, this is discovery. Somebody, somebody put this... a uh, patent on that before. Yeah, this is discovery. They can't take it back. Top uh, kite. That's great. And in the 2000 U.S. Open, uh, 15 strokes over runners-up Ernie L's and Miguel Angel Jimenez, the most dominating win in a major in the first uh, first tournament of the new millennium. Very memorable. All right. Our theme answers at this point are Von Miller, Don Drysdale, the Pistons and the Bulls, and Tiger Woods. Gosh, this, I, so obviously when it comes to names that we have with this, you know, they don't always have to be like Von and Miller that apply to, you know, it could be one or the other. Is it both the Pistons and the Bulls apply to this missing link? Yes. Mm. Taco, you're going to edit this one this quarter? Yeah. So I, would, I would like for you to add this in there. David Lux, I don't like you. <laughs> but you will might you might like it later if you really think of it. I in a sense I gave no, you No, I don't like having to think. That's the whole point. This game <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to isolate that line and just throw it into every episode. <laughs> You you really should blame that on me. Lux had nothing to do. And with today's that. That second was, quarter will be David Lux. I don't like you. Like you. <laughs> Final question of the missing Limerink round: This heavyweight champ's no peewee beat Wilder twice and Chisora all three. Gypsy King or too fast? Nick's bro had to ask. Still, he's kinda an FTG. Can check in. New teammate who has checked in. You Tuesday, talk it out. It's um, WWE legend Tyson Fury, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Why is he kind of an FTG? I don't, I don't know much about him personally. So he just he has weird vibes. I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. I yeah, same thing as you, but I, he's kind of always had one of those those weird vibes off of him. He's a too aggro, maybe, but he's also a heavyweight boxer, so they're all aggro. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to check in with Tyson Fury. All right. You Tuesday has checked in with Tyson Fury. New teammate, who dis? What did you guys have? We also checked in with the man himself, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is correct. Obviously, should have lost to Nganu. Uh, he said some things I won't repeat. 
Although I will say when he got banned for doping, he blamed the elevated nandrolone levels on eating uncastrated wild boar. <laughs> we, we've all been there. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I call that I call that a Wednesday. I mean, come on, right? The best. No, that, that's a you Wednesday. Yeah, yeah that's you, a Wednesday. Taco, Wednesday. taco Tuesday and uncastrated yeah. wild boar Wednesday. <laughs> uh, OK, well, our uh, theme answers for this round are Von Miller, Don Drysdale, the Pistons and the Bulls, Tiger Woods and Tyson Fury. The new teammate who this has checked in with a correct answer. Oh, geez. What? I will give you Tuesday time to to talk out. How much time do you have? I know. We got a month. Two um, minutes. Um oh Lord. Tyson. Okay. Tyson Fury. Fury. I do want to shout out Matt for the original guess of Chinese New Year's animals. Uh, because and Don Drysdale. <laughs> we did say the year of Wonderful. the Don Drysdale. Uh, the, the Drysdale. Yeah. Yeah. The year of the Drysdale. I said, well, um, it doesn't hurt for us to guess after the first. No. Might as well just come up with whatever we, the guess we wanted. Um, um, wow. So we've got, let's see. Vaughn and Tiger. Or Tiger Woods. and or Woods. Miller. I'm assuming it's Don and not Drysdale. I mean, what, what, where would a Drysdale? I don't know any other thing in the world uh, named Drysdale except Don Drysdale. Right. Could be Fury. Could be Tyson. Could be Tyson. Something to do with Mike Tyson. Or um, chicken companies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drysdale uh, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than Drysdale pizza that we came up with earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beer brands. Yeah, Miller, you said yeah, you said Miller right away. Tiger. Tiger is a beer, I think. The, I wouldn't the, eat pissed on chicken, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they have to have there's so many beer brands out there that I'm I'm assuming that there's a beer brand for each one of these out there right now. Sure, sure. Um Drysdale Pale Ale. Three people that have not been in my kitchen. Um Right. Uh, um, Fury, we could get into like we're not going to get it, buddy. Let's just let's just uh, throw in the towel. We're, we're going to check in with uh, chicken companies. Yeah. All right. So new teammate, who this? What do you guys got? What if I told you and I put you in these order, in this order? Vaughn and then Piston and then Don and then Tiger and then Bulls and then Honda or sorry, Piston again and then Bull again and then Tyson. They would all be in order that you fight them in Mike Tyson's punch out. And that's what we checked. Oh, ding, 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 ding! Very good. Uh, that is correct. All Mike and Tyson's Punch Out characters: Von Kaiser, Don Flamenco, Piston Honda, Bald Bull, Magic Tiger, and Mike Tyson. Best music ever to me in a sports game. Uh, great characters. Definitely some stereotyping going on. We can name that now. Uh, for instance, did you know that Soda Popinski was originally Vodka Drunkensky? Nice. Yes. Not yes, necessarily yeah. something we want to do today, but. There we are. Uh, but good job sussing that out. New teammate, who dis? So after the second quarter, we have scores of you Tuesday with 175. Teammate, who dis? A little bit ahead with 300. And that'll bring us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions. Each question is worth 25 points. 
So this halftime round is all about music associated with some of my favorite teams. I'm going to give you the year of release, the genre, and the team and the usage, and you tell me the name of the song. Ten points for the artist if you can't come up with the song. So some partial credit available here. Question number one, 1993, hip hop. This hit song was associated with the 93 Phillies, an incredible cast of characters, and was often played throughout their World Series run for big moments. Also, the Cubs play it whenever they hit a home run. It's frequently used as an NBA arena anthem. And some of the song's most notable placements in film include Elf, D2 The Mighty Ducks, Rio, and Adam's Family Values. Yeah, we're checked in. Okay, new teammate who this is checked in. You two stay. You seem like you're close. Talk it out. Before I even had a chance to hit enter after I typed it out, Matt had already typed in the answer. Yeah, and I think I'm right there with Scott that D2, the Mighty Ducks, is the the one that that buried it. Uh, We are checking in with Whoop. There it is. Checking in with Whoop. There it is. New teammate who dis. What do you guys have? Yeah, 1993 hip-hop, and that's the first song I thought of was Tag Team. And then, yeah, that excellent scene from D2 when they get a little – toughened up by those street kids, by Russ's brother and, and those hooligans. Uh, yeah, we also checked in with Womp uh, There It Is by Tag Team. I'm still with Buddy in the mailroom and Elf, but y'all, whatever. Womp There It Is, there it was. Both teams getting points. Number two, 1997, Rock or Emo. This song has been used fairly consistently as the Seattle Seahawks entrance music since about 2005. The song itself is based on a sample from a 1965 version of a Rolling Stones song, The Last Time, by the Andrew Oldham Orchestra. And it includes the lyrics, I'm a million different people from one day to the next. We're checked in. New teammate who this is checked in. You Tuesday. Dug it out. I'm a million different people from one day to the next. I can change. Oh. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get a copyright strike for that one. All right. Um, it's um, I just can't get to the other the hook. Uh, it's a bittersweet symphony. Oh, by yes, the Verve. Yes, there it is. Oh, right. The Verve. Yeah, yeah, not the Verve. Well, there it is. The, with the last one, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> bittersweet symphony by the Verve is what you Tuesday has. Uh, do to new who did this? What do you guys have? It was a, yeah, it was, a, it was a dead giveaway once you said the Rolling Stones because the Verve never got paid for that song. They <laughs> Everything had to go to the Rolling Stones, which is unfortunate because it's a great song. Uh, but yeah, it's Bittersweet Symphony. Yep, indeed it is. Maybe they needed a better lawyer and needed to be more litigious, religious, or some kind of interest. They needed Buff Bagwell was what they needed. Especially in 1997. They needed to tag team that. Auspicious. Who said that? Auspicious and delicious. Auspicious and auspicious. Way to go, Walling. Auspicious. Way to go. That's why he got like a 1500 or whatever. It's a big number in the 50s. 1330. Uh, Don't worry about it. There... Uh, I, it took me three rounds to think of that word, so don't give me that. <laughs> Dude, I'm loving that the SAT score came up in that moment. Um, all right, both teams getting points. It is indeed the Bittersweet Symphony from the Verve. All right, question number three. This is a throwback, y'all. It's uh, 1975 Pop and Country Folk. This song is played after Take Me Out to the Ball Game. At Orioles home games, and apparently also the Atlanta Braves home games. 
While it might make some sense in Atlanta, it makes absolutely no sense here in Baltimore. It's also played regularly at Montana Grizz or Grizzlies games. I'm not sure which one they are. Washington Glory and most appropriately at Colorado Avalanche home games. Yeah, we'll check in. New teammate who this has checked in. You Tuesday. Talk it out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, I think that the, the last sense. bit about the Colorado Avalanche yeah. leads me to that. And time frame feels right. So I think you're right. All right. Check it in Rocky Mountain High. All right. You Tuesday checking in with Rocky Mountain High. New teammate, who this? What do you guys have? Well, we went a similar path, but slightly different road and said, take me home, country roads by Mr. Sunshine on my goddamn shoulders, John Denver. I regret to tell you, neither team. Getting ah! oh. <laughs> you should have taken the 10 points for the artist. John Denver is correct. But however, the song is Thank God I'm a Country Boy. Oh. Oh. Play Sally Gooden all day if I could. Anyway, not really a well-known song unless you happen to be in those ballparks and those places. But uh, it's a damn um, good jam. I'm a moments. huge John Denver fan. So, yeah, I know, I like, I know yeah, the song. I'm, I just don't know I know that was. Yep. Yeah. Well, after halftime, our scores are, uh, they've gone up, but the same difference is there. 225 for you Tuesday and 350 for new teammate who dis. That will bring us to the third quarter, which will be five on three. Five on three. For this quarter, there will be three categorized lists containing five items where each item is worth 10 points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. So this is a five-on-three, oops, all NFL special teams edition. All questions will be about NFL special teams. I'd like to dedicate this round to my friend Manny, who whenever we played football in the park on Saturday would scream, special teams on kickoffs, because you know, (laughs) Every team is special in its own way. Anyway, <laughs> question number one, most punts in NFL history, not yardage, not average, not inside the 20, just punts. Your top five punters in terms of punts in NFL history. All right, Josh, I think we're going to check in. Right, Yeah, let's check in. You Tuesday has checked in. New teammate, who this? Talk it out. Well, we were having a long and, you know, fruitful conversation about our favorite punter. Yeah, this is really exciting stuff, podcast listeners. <laughs> Somebody had to ask the question. David that's, sponsored this, so this makes all that the sense. Makes, the it does make a lot of um, sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fiegels and Leckler, I think, are probably the two, if not one and two, like two and three or something like that. Just around um, a long time. Yeah, and then I like Sean Landetta. Um, I think like as a person or an answer or both. Well, I mean, he's never done anything bad to me, but I've never ran into him. You've also never seen us both in the same room, so we could be the same person. Sure. Um, yeah. No, he he was around for a long time. For sure. I like those three because after that, it's just the. I do too. Those are just guys I remember being around for forever. Yeah, there's a guy that I'm thinking of maybe from like Jacksonville, but I I can't think of the name, so I'm I'm good with those three. Okay, we'll check in with uh, Landetta, Leckler, and Fiegels. Okay. You two say, what did your team have? 
we had some of the same names, Fiegels and Landetta. Leckler's a good one. I bet he's on there. Um, we said another guy that's been around forever, uh, 49ers legend, Andy Lee. Uh, so we checked in with Fiegels, Landetta, and Andy Lee. All right. Starting off in fifth place in NFL history. Not mentioned by any team. Brad Maynard with 1,339 punts for the Giants, the That's Bears, and the Browns. That is a name. Oh, yes, the lead singer of Tool. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps the Tool himself. Who knows? Uh, Sean Landetta, number four, mentioned by both teams. Pride of Towson University, 1,401 punts. Played for five teams. Number three. Shane Leckler, 1,444 punts. Number two, Andy Lee, 1,466 punts. And far and away in number one, played for the Eagles. His name is Jeff Eagles, 1,713 punts. Both teams getting 30 points. Well done. Question number two. It only gets harder from here, folks. Longest game-winning field goals in NFL history. You've got to give me the distance and the kicker. There is a three-way tie for fifth, so you can give me any one of those players who were in that three-way tie. We're going to check in. New teammate Hudis has checked in. You Tuesday, feel free to talk it out. I mean, the only one with any sort of authority behind it for us is Justin Tucker. Matt, you said... You said Tom Dempsey Dempsey in that sixty three yarder. I don't remember if it was a game winner, but it was definitely a long field goal. Yeah. I mean there's I could just start naming field goal kickers, but that doesn't really help at Not all. Help us, yeah. That'd just be like like playing the odds of like the more field goals they have, the more likely they are to be on the list. But I mean yeah. it worked with vicious and delicious, I'm just saying. Can you rhyme field goals? I don't know. Okay, let's start naming things that rhyme with Justin Tucker. Wait, <laughs> no, no. I think you can get in trouble doing that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Seersucker? I mean, um, I mean yeah. Janikowski had a couple of super long ones, but I'm not going to be able to give you a number. Yeah. So there was, Josh, would you say there was like a bunch of them tied at the end? Three of them right? tied Three for tied fifth. Fifth. Correct. Three tied for fifth. Hmm. I know that that Graham Gano had one a, a long one a couple of years ago, right when he was with the Saints. No, he okay. was the Panthers, I think. I think. Uh, if you're if you're Janikowski, yeah. had one a couple of years ago. I like you know, Janikowski just because he's like you know, ago. yeah, but he's you know he was known for having so we're going to say so. So we're going to say. Tucker at 66. Yep. And Jano at, I have no idea. I don't 60, know. 63, 64, 62, 65. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels like he'd be in the conversation, so he's a decently safe bet. But we need the number, though, right? We need the name and I the don't... number. Yeah, you need the distance. You need oh. the name and the distance. And nothing rhymes with Janikowski. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, if you can find one. Lewandowski. <laughs> Actually, yeah, why not? Luscious and delicious. 
Once we get the mm. distance involved, I think Tucker at 66 and Dempsey at 63, if you like it as a game winner. I have no idea if Dempsey was a game winner, but. I don't know either, but yeah. we do know that he kicked a 63-yard field goal, well, which is. And I I think that that one that um, Jano might have been, a tie, might have tied him. So. Okay. Let's go with Tucker 66 and Jano at 63. Then you want to go Dempsey at 63 also, or just go I... with those two? I don't know. Uh, your call. I'm fine with, I'm fine either way. Let's just go with the two. Cause I think we could probably go Graham Gano and then that a couple other names we could probably pull out too, but, and it might even, yeah, uh, whatever. Let's just, yeah, we'll wrap it up. All right. Tucker 66, Jano 63. All right. New teammate. Who this? What'd you check in with? We also thought of Justin Tucker and the 66 yarder. And then the other one that I could remember that was a game winner that was over 60 yards was a Dallas Cowboy legend. Um, in like 2019, Brett Maher kicked a 62 yarder to win a game in overtime. And so that was the only other one we could really come up with that I felt confident about. So we said Tucker 66 and Maher 62. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to look that one up because I did look up Brett Maher honestly before, and I didn't see him pop up on the list because I saw that he kicked a, a few that were, you know, at that 62-61. He'd kicked like two 60-yarders from the same season. But I might need a little bit of, you know, a pause on research on this one. Um, Brett Maher, 62-yard. They're winning, so you don't have to give them the yeah, points. Okay. <laughs> he drilled a 62-yarder before the half for the Cowboys versus the Eagles that I have as a record here. And he, no, sorry, a 63-yarder before 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 halftime versus the, the Eagles, and then another 62-yarder before halftime. I don't have a record of his 62-yarder in overtime. So, and while feel, yeah, feel free to look it up for as as a winner, yeah. as a game winner. So. Balling, feel free to to, to look right, at it can, here. Yeah, I could be misremembering. It's okay. And I, I'll tell you, I I did look at that one because I seem to see at least one mention of Brett Meyer kicking a sixty-plus game-winning field goal, and then I couldn't find any record of it. Did it count? No, there's a sixty-two-yard winning field goal that's mentioned, but then I don't think that his winner was sixty-two. He might have kicked a sixty-yarder that won it for the Cowboys. Okay. Maybe that's, but, but not a six. But can he kick to sixty three and a sixty two? But I don't think that his winner was a sixty two yarder. So here's here's what I've got, <laughs> um, which will result in a very unsatisfying answer for everybody. Um, there are three three sixty one yard field goals that were kicked that won games. Greg Joseph, Minnesota versus the New York Giants. Jake Elliott for the Eagles versus the New York Giants. Justin Tucker sixty one. Ravens versus Detroit in 2013. And then you've got number four on the list, Matt Bryant, 62-yarder he kicked for Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia to win a game. Graham Gano, Matt mentioned, mm-hmm. kicked a 63-yarder for Carolina to win a game versus the Giants. Tom Dempsey with a half a foot is the record for a long right. time. New Orleans versus Detroit, game winner in 1970. And, of course, the all-time record by Justin Tucker, 66 yards for the Ravens again versus the Lions, a game winner uh, in 2021. Zero points for that particular piece there. And I uh, apologize for that. Okay. 
<laughs> certainly is special teams. Yeah. Very special. <laughs> and you know what? It's only going to get more special, folks. You know, just, oh, no. just hang, hang with me here. This is a very, very special play that doesn't happen very often. I'm going to ask you for the five successful regular season kick sixes since the year 2000. He's also ranked as some of the longest oh. plays in NFL history, all over 100 yards. And just to remind you, a kick six is an unblocked missed field goal that's caught before it hits the ground and returned for a touchdown. Because this is so hard, I'm going to give you a clue. Two of these were by players on the same NFC team, and the other three were by players on three AFC teams, none of which are in the same division. You don't have to give me the yardage on this one. You just have to tell me the player that returned the kick six for a touchdown. So again, two were by players on the same NFC team. Not in the same game, of course, but three were by players on three different AFC teams, none of which are in the same division. All right, Josh, we're going to check in. New teammate Hudis has checked in. You Tuesday. Feel free to talk it out. Dude. I think I'm the least helpful I've ever been on a single question. <laughs> to be fair, this is a very unhelpful question. To be fair. To be fair. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that the that that somebody Humphreys for Tampa, I don't know his first name. Okay. Did it here a couple of years back or recently. So, so if he did it, then somebody else for Tampa did it. And I do know that there was somebody for the Chargers who did it against the Vikings because it was at, I think it was at the Metrodome before it closed down to the new Viking Stadium. But I don't, and it was a name that you would know. It was like a defensive back. That you had heard of before, not Cromartie, but somebody like that. Chargers. What was it? Was Cromartie? Cromartie played for the Chargers, didn't he? Could have been him. He did. Do we want to just check in with Humphreys? Just check in with Humphreys. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. At call it a day. Yep. All right, let's do that. We are checking in with Humphreys. All right, checking in with uh, San Diego Chargers quarterback Stan Humphreys mm-hmm. and uh, new teammate Hudis. What do you guys have? Uh, we were both slightly confident that Devin Hester has achieved this, so mm-hmm. then that would make the other NFC guy a bear. Um, we couldn't think of another bear, um, but we felt like we had the three AFC guys. So we checked in with Devin Hester, Ed Reed, Antonio Cromartie, and Jamal Agnew. Oh man, guys, I really feel because you did a lot of work on that one. Um, <laughs> no, and you got so close. Um, mm. So in uh, it, indeed, twenty the most recent one, twenty nineteen, the Jaguars Jamal Agnew, a hundred and nine yard return versus the Cardinals. They lost two thousand seven. It was Antonio Cromartie for the Chargers who returned at one hundred nine yards off of Ryan Longwell, and the Chargers lost two thousand six. Devin Hester one hundred eight yards off the Giants. Jay Feely. Though Chicago didn't need the points. Before that, in 05, it was the Bears' Nathan Vasher. That's your other Bear. Also 108 yards. And in 2002, it was not Ed Reed. Unfortunately, I think this is before Ed Reed. Well, maybe he came into the league. He might have been a rookie that year. But it was the Ravens' Chris McAllister who returned at 107 oh. yards off of Jason Elam, taking a 24-3 lead into a 31-3 lead. So I am sorry. This is maybe not the most special quarter, but uh, both teams <laughs> coming up empty <laughs> at the end there. 
And maybe my question writing is uh, deemed special at the end of this. <laughs> so <laughs> it already was, Josh. Kind of very, you know. I'll just I'll, I'll live with it. I'll embrace it, and it is what it is, y'all. Uh, so you uh, Tuesday with two fifty five. New teammate who dis three eighty, and that will bring us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So here we are. We're in the fourth quarter. Uh, so I started writing this game when the uh, live version of The Little Mermaid came out. And so perhaps this uh, it's a message to you who've had to suffer through this game so far that the suffering is soon to end. So the categories for today are as follows. Poor. That's in baseball. Un, that's in uniform mishaps. Fortunate, that's a football pre and post game. And Seoul, that's in Olympics. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Now that the Wazers are in, on to the questions. Question number one in the category of poor. Huey Jennings was an old-timey baseball player born in 1869 who played for five teams, including the original Baltimore Orioles, the Brooklyn Superbas, and the Detroit Tigers. And he holds both the single season with 51 and career with 287 records for what statistic? I will say the modern-era record holder for this stat is Craig Biggio. What I thought it was, yep. We're checked in. You teammate who this has checked in, you Tuesday. Tug it out. Yeah, I think you're right, Matt. You said hit by pitch. I think that's right, too. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure Craig Biggio is the, the modern record holder for hit by pitch, so I'm good with that. Do it. We will check in with hit by pitch. All right. What was your wager? 64. Uh, yes, 64 points. Almost right. nice. Almost a field goal record. And new teammate, who dis? What was your answer on your wager? I'm pretty sure that I've drafted Huey Jennings onto my historic fantasy baseball Stratomatic League, and he always has super high hit by pitches. And that's the one of the nerdiest sentences that you'll ever hear from a baseball fan. And also Craig Biggio gets hit a lot. So hit by pitches for us, 100 points. Both teams are getting their points. The correct answer is hit by pitch. I was originally put in a uh, clue about Roger Dorn from Major League, and <laughs> David said that was too easy. So um, that is correct. All right. So after question number one, scores are, I'm counting this right, 319 for you Tuesday, 480 for a new teammate who dis. Question number two in the category of un, uniform mishaps. On November 1st, 2007, someone decided to extend Halloween for four Virginia Tech football players in a Thursday night road game against Georgia Tech by stealing their jerseys, forcing them to wear old Georgia Tech practice jerseys. The players set about modifying the jerseys with Sharpies and tape, 
crossing out the Russell Athletic logo and ad-libbing a swoosh, blacking out the Georgia Tech logos and wordmarks and writing their names with a capital and lowercase letters on the back in an unforgettable visual display. I want you to name two out of the four players, and I'm going to give you some clues because this question isn't long enough as is. One of them was a quarterback who had his best career night in that jersey, only who only made it onto an NFL practice squad, easily outdone by his younger brother. One was a cornerback who became a second-round draft pick with one career Pro Bowl. One was a safety who made four Pro Bowls and was a huge part of his team winning a Super Bowl. And the last is another quarterback who's still playing, having made one Pro Bowl and winning a Super Bowl as a backup, though his recent luck seems to have him getting injured every time he might have a chance to start. We're, we're going to go ahead and check in. Checking in with Mr. Wright. Okay, uh, we've got you teammate who just has checked in, so you Tuesday take a chance to talk it out. Okay, so we might have two that we feel decent about. Um, I'm thinking the safety might be Cam Chancellor. He almost positive he went to Virginia Tech, and then the four Pro Bowls and the part of his team winning a Super Bowl also check out. Mm-hmm. And then you came in with the quarterback. Yeah, I said Sean Glennon. I don't know why that name popped in my brain. And then I totally forgot that his brother Mike Glenn was a was a player in the league too. I forgot about them. So yeah, that makes sense. I like it. Let's check so in with, with uh, yeah Cham Cancellor. Cham Cancellor and Glon Shannon. <laughs> and leave it ducks. All right. Vicious and delicious. All right. Cham I've had zero to drink tonight. <laughs> right, how many points? For 60 points. Yeah. New teammate, who this? What do you guys check him with? So um, we started by thinking that the that the question said like a guy that made the practice squad and his brother that played at Virginia tech. And we were like, Oh, Marcus Vick, knock, knock it down and then just move to the next one. And then we reread the question and that said, you know, that his like younger brother or whatever made the what overshadowed him and had to throw that out. But I was one of the names I came up with right away before we got to the end of the question was Tyrod Taylor. Yep. I was pretty oh, sure yeah. that Tyrod Taylor was part of this. I remember mm-hmm. seeing like this clip somewhere. And so the last clue got us there, and then we kind of worked back up and uh, also came up with Cham Cancellor, um, the safety for the New Orleans. The Beacon of Loom. Yeah. The, the, the New Orleans <laughs> Devils <laughs> for 100 points. Both teams getting points. Very nicely sussed out. Yes, John Glennon, absolutely, with his brother Mike Glennon having made uh, NFL rosters. Um, Cam Chancellor. Uh, big part of the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. Saw that in person, just some of those hits he put on uh, on the Broncos wide receivers coming across the middle were, were unbelievable. Um, Tyrod Taylor, of course, he of the pool. And the other one that no one got was Brandon Flowers. That's a pretty obscure name. Oh, Cowboys legend. Yes. Lead singer of the Killers. Lead singer, yes. <laughs> He's Mr. Brightside. So we got a whole band with him and brad maynard and yeah, yeah. Get, yep. get something together you know <laughs> I, I just have to say oh that's the man. that's the theme that's the theme that's it that's it that's the theme. The theme. Missing link. yes 100 points game. Yeah. we're back in the out. game i i gotta say for sean glennon 
your career sucked if you're outdone by your brother and your brother's <laughs> Mike Glennon. <laughs> I was, it was, uh, this question was already convoluted enough. I was going to say something about the Vic brothers kind of sandwiching this whole thing, but it would have been too much. Um, very well done. Okay. Well, it's still anybody's game, right? Um, 383 for you Tuesday. New teammate Hootis at 580. That brings us to question number three in the category of fortunate. It is a pre- and post-game question and a short one. This fortunate Western Kentucky alum led the D.C. defenders in all receiving categories this past XFL season and is the only HBCU with a player drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. We'll check it. You Tuesday has checked in. New teammate who this? Talk it out. You know, if you told me that that was a wide receiver from Western Kentucky, I think I'd believe <laughs> If not, it's my new creative player name on whatever the next NCAA football. <laughs> right. That will be. Yeah, you, so. You kept trying to chase down the clues, so I'm going to let you uh, you take this one. Right. So, I mean, we both kind of settled on Jackson State, which obviously also just made a lot of sense because it's a last name. Uh, and it, it like, narrowed it down uh, absolutely nothing. At all, yeah. Just... We were like, was, <laughs> "Oh, good." Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson playing the XFL last season because he wasn't on an NFL roster for very long. So maybe he. he I'm pretty sure the... there's an episode of you trying to come up with generic cornerback names, yes. and wide receiver names, and Jackson is absolutely on that list. Definitely one of them. So the only thing that made sense was to try to take the fortunate clue, which I just wasn't getting at all. It's like. Are we missing something? Is this like obvious right in our face? And I'm like, well, maybe he's just fortunate because he's lucky. And this would be really cool if his name was Lucky Jackson, because how many times have we thrown out a Lucky Jackson on this show? Definitely more than once. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to check in for 100 points with Lucky Jackson State. New Tammy Hootis has checked in with Lucky Jackson State. You Tuesday, what did you have? Yeah, I mean, Matt said Jackson State, and I said, I don't know, fortunate, uh, lucky Jackson as a joke, and Matt said, let's do it, and so we checked in with lucky Jackson State. I think think that's Tito's um, nephew. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nice job. Both teams sussing us out as is indeed. Dontavian, lucky Jackson State. Jackson is currently on the practice squad of what team? The Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> oh, a couple, a couple more injuries and he's getting called up. Yep. And you'll be seeing Lucky Jackson on the field. Pick him up for your fantasy teams right now. He might make you lucky. All right. Going into the nice. final question. Hey, anything's possible. 446 for you Tuesday. 680 for new teammate. Who this? Uh, no. I don't think anything's possible. No. <laughs> Literally, I don't a know lot of things saw. are impossible. Just making sure I added the math. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you saw Matt's performance on that math category in Jeopardy, but he <laughs> is on it, and he knows. The final question as we uh, drain our last dregs of whiskey for the evening um, is the following. In the 1988 Olympiad, during the sailing competition, a Canadian sailor who was running second in his heat spotted a ship from a different class race that had capsized, its sailors injured and in the water in mortal danger. He turned aside, pulled them from the water, and waited for a patrol boat before rejoining his race, coming in 22nd. Due to his selfless actions, 
the International Yachting Union decided to reward this magnificent man a second-place finish. Though he didn't end up meddling, he was awarded the Pierre de Coubertin Medal for sportsmanship, named for the founder of the modern Olympiad, being only the second competing athlete so honored at an Olympiad. Who was this super Canadian who may not have won the cup like his countrymen to whom he is not related, but according to IOC chair Juan Antonio Samaranch, embodied all that is right with the Olympic ideal? Yeah, let's just go with it. Okay, we're going to check in. You two say has checked in. Your teammate, who this? Talk it out. I, I forgot we were trying to answer a question. Not name famous Canadians. <laughs> We've just been naming super Canadians. We have Rick Moranis, number one. Yeah, oh yeah. He's Ryan the Reynolds, mayor of Canada. Right? Yes. Yeah. I would have to agree with I don't Mar- know if Mar- John Mar- Candy Cup. and Rhea Perlman just went into Canada in that movie or <laughs> if they were Canadian. John Candy so. was Jamaican, right? That's right. Yeah, yes. you're right. That's right. <laughs> Very clearly, yeah. Oof, man, that changes our answer. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's not John um, Candy then. Um, well, the only, um, I mean, Stanley, Gretzky, Messier. Um, <laughs> Honey, he didn't win the cup like his like country. His countrymen. But a lot of Canadians have won cups. He didn't, like, there's a, you know? Mm, yes. Man, yeah, they just yeah, hand them out like candy up there. They're the participation yeah. trophy I mean, of Canada. And they are really nice, so they would give everyone. <laughs> yeah, Canada gives out participation cups. Um, <laughs> At Tim Hortons, yeah. <laughs> with a bagel That's what they box. give to the kids on the end of the bench who are never going to get in the game. We don't have enough cups for you. We're just going to give you a participation cup. It's made of plastic. Yeah. It's uh, good for one free coffee <laughs> refill at Tim Hortons. Uh, uh, pro- Gretzky? Gretzky, Canadian, who's won a cup. Sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. It's not overthink it. Uh, we'll go with uh, Gretzky for 80 points. You Tuesday. What do you guys got? We did yeah. something similar in terms mm-hmm. of. So we are checking in with Lemieux for 64 points. That's a good one. Lemieux is correct. <laughs> hey. hey. Nice. <laughs> Way to come come back on that one. <laughs> Lawrence Lemieux uh, is was his name. Asked in a 2012 interview if he would rather be talking at the medal he might have, would have won instead of the rescue. He said, you know, nobody really talks about sailing. You spend your life working really hard internationally and you get very few accolades. That's the ironic thing. Coming back to that, 25 years after this rescue, we're still talking about it. So, hey, he got more uh, notoriety from not winning the race and by being a good guy. Something we can all learn from that. With that, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. With a very respectable score of 5-10, we have you Tuesday and our clipboard captains with a score of 600, winning the coveted J.T. O'Sullivan Award. New teammate, who dis? Yeah, the crowd goes wild. Please. <laughs> I don't have a lot of clipboard captain trophies, but I'm glad I got this one. J.T. O'Sullivan one? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay, so first of all, we should say thank you, Josh, very much for, uh, yeah, great for writing this great game, game Josh. for us. Uh, yeah. Any final words or shout-outs or anything like that? Thank you, guys. I mean, I think this uh, game this was really fun to write and definitely a good escape for me at times when I definitely needed it. And uh, um, just really love the show, love the content you guys are push- pushing out, and um, really uh, an honor to be able to uh, play with you tonight. So 
thank you very much. I'm, I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, it didn't last longer than five hours, did it? No, we did great. We did great. On behalf of Matt Taco, Matt Doherty, Scott Grimes, Eric Walling. Thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We'll leave the Benchwarm for you. Ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.